Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Babb III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. Hallelujah. Can we just stand to our feet? I believe the Lord is pleased with our worship. I believe the Lord has much to say to us on this morning. So I don't want to belabor the time, but I want us to go quickly into the text so that the Lord can do exactly what he desires to do. I want us to go to Romans chapter 16. It's so good to see everybody in the house of the Lord this morning. Romans chapter 16. I don't know about y'all, but I was, uh, I've been troubled by much of what I've been seeing in the news lately. It's like I was seeing kids being left in cars, dying. It's like multiple, multiple occasions on multiple days. Seeing continual shootings and I'm like, Lord, what is going on? Somebody say, deliver us from evil. It's critical that we be delivered from evil. But here's the good news, too. The Bible says, they that dwell in the secret place shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. If God's going to keep us in this season, if we can find ourselves in a secret place. Romans chapter 16, I'm looking at the New King James Version of the Bible. The Bible says this. I'm reading verses 17 through 20. Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions. Somebody say divisions. And offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learn and avoid them. Somebody say avoid them. For those who are such who do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by smooth words and flattering speech, deceive the hearts of the simple how many of y'all know we got evil folk in the church for your obedience has become known to all therefore I'm glad on your behalf but I want you to be wise this is Paul speaking in what is good and simple concerning what is evil and the God of peace here's the good news will crush Satan under your feet somebody say shortly Bible says in verse 17, I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned and avoid them. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. One minister from this subject this morning, I've been on this sermon series. It seems like I haven't been in the pulpit for a while, um, but I've been on this sermon series called Deliver Us From Evil. Um, And I I, want to speak this morning about the devices of evil. Somebody say the devices. But just by way of quick recap, for those of us, I've been, like I said, I've been gone for some time. I, I want us to understand where, how we got to this place. I talked about where evil dwells. Somebody say it's important to know where evil dwells. Somebody say where evil dwells. And I said that it dwells where there is no reproach. When nobody can't check you. You better believe evil is around the corner. Somebody say reproach. I said where there is no repentance. You know people can be, they can act like they sorry, but they're not really sorry. Uh, When you don't have any level of repentance, any level of remorse, somebody say you got to be careful. 
And then I talked about where there is no reverence. People don't fear God anymore. My wife talks about that very quite often, that we ain't, people just don't fear God. That's why you can talk to your mama any kind of way children do whatever they want to do. They talk back to parents. Uh, there's no reverence for God. And I said this, evil also dwells where there is no return to God, to the Lord. God wants us to return to him if he um, gives us reproach, if he sends repentance. If we reverence him, his whole goal is for us to return to him. I promise you we are not, uh, as much as we like to say it, we really aren't a godly nation. Because we're a nation where we don't want nobody to tell us nothing. We ain't got no level of repentance and there's no reverence for God. I don't care what, what you say in your pledge of allegiance. There's no reverence for him. So I talked about where evil dwells. Can you go to the next slide? And then I talked about discerning evil because you know you can be in the presence of evil and not discern it. And this is why you can be around folk that take advantage of you because you don't have any, somebody say discernment. So I said the way that we discern evil is that we've got to crucify our flesh. Uh, you'll never, because if you like your flesh, then you'll like evil as well. Uh, so we've got to ask ourselves, where does evil still dwell within my flesh? And if you think ain't no evil in you, somebody say the devil is a lie. The devil is a lie. And the, then I also said that your company of fellowship determines your ability to discern evil. And I said this, the company that you are around will determine the context in which you see evil. Uh, these are the folk that call evil good and good evil. Uh, you got to be wary about your fellowship, the company that you fellowship with. And then I said, you got to have some level of companionship, somebody say, with the Father. And then God will give you this ability to continually foresee evil. You know you can see evil folk before they run up on you. Uh, somebody say, that's good news. So I, so I talked about that, but I want to talk about the devices of evil this morning. Uh, in, the, in the natural, I need us to understand this, that battles and wars are not necessarily won based upon one levels of strength. I need you to know this. I, I know you might think if I'm stronger than this person that I win the battle, but it's not strength. Somebody say it's strategy. So, so in the natural, if it's strategy, so it is in the spirit. Uh, that I gotta have this level of strategy to win the battle and the wars that I've been facing. And here's one of the reasons why the enemy and evil gets the victory over many believers is because many believers lack, somebody say, strategy. I know y'all probably don't like that. That probably don't sound too deep. But hear this, I need you to understand something that the enemy knows that you have power. He's not concerned about your power. He's concerned about the strategy you have. Somebody may be saying, how do you know that the enemy knows that I have power? And the sad reality is some of y'all don't believe that you have power. The Bible declares that the enemy knows that you have strength over him. That's found in 1 John 4, 4. The Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Somebody say, I have strength. The enemy knows that you have safety from him. Notice what Isaiah 54, 17 says. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Somebody say, I have safety. And watch this, the enemy even knows that you have the ability to subdue him. Luke 10, 19 says, behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents, on scorpions. And watch this, somebody say, all. Oh. Oh. Over all the power of the enemy. So the enemy is not concerned about your power if you have no plan to use that power. And many of us don't have, somebody say, strategy. 
I've got to have a level of, of strategy in this journey if I'm going to win the battle. And that's why you can be small as all outdoors, but if you got a plan, somebody say you can beat somebody behind. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about in the natural. I don't need y'all beating nobody behind in the natural. But we've got to implement that same thing. Somebody say in the spirit. The enemy is not concerned about your power over evil if you have no plan against evil. In other words, a strategy. The enemy, watch this, desires for you to have no plan against evil and the enemy desires for you not to know his plan for evil. Uh, that's his desire for your life. And this is why if we are ignorant of the enemy's devices, somebody say, I'll always be defeated. Uh, so, so he wants you to have no plan and he does not want you to know his plan that he has for you concerning evil. Both are critical to our ability to be, watch this, delivered from evil. You can pray it all you want, but if you ain't got no plan, they implement it. Somebody say, I'm going to be defeated. You must have a plan against evil. And we also must know the enemy's plan for evil. And I'm, I'm going to discuss this more on next week about what our plan is against evil. I want us to be able to defeat evil. But this morning, I want us to be aware of the enemy's devices of evil. And somebody may be saying, why is this significant? I need you to understand something. This is why every believer, when I know the devices of evil, I know how evil gains access into my life. If I can understand the device, I'll know, and it won't just catch me off guard. I want to know how it gains access. I'll also know what atmosphere that evil thrives the most in. Some of y'all can't be in every atmosphere. And if I know the atmosphere that evil thrives in, I can avoid it. And what makes the attacks of, of evil most effective? Somebody say, that's the devices. That's the devices. And it's going to give us the clear advantage, watch this, over the enemy and evil. And it's critical to know that as a believer, because as noted earlier, if we fail to know the devices of evil, we'll always be subject to be defeated by evil. Because watch this, the enemy and evil Watch this, only have an advantage over a believer that is unaware. The enemy does not have advantage over, over me until I'm unaware. And the, the believer that is always defeated is the believer that is always, watch this, caught off guard. Somebody say, I've got to be aware. And I'm going to give y'all a Bible. The Bible says, lest Satan take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So the only way that he has an advantage over, our, over a believer is the believer that is unaware. This is why God, this is, watch this, this is why the enemy don't care if you go to a mega church as long as you stay unaware. This is why you know, the choir can sing so well and everybody can be packing out the place, but he does not care if you're unaware. Watch this. He does not care if you're an apostle, if you're in a bishop, if you're a prophet. I don't care what your title is. If you remain, watch this, unaware. And we've got apostles. We got bishops. We got all these folk with all these titles. Somebody say that are ignorant. And then watch this. We pack out churches with ignorant leaders and we wonder why the devil is always defeating us. Because when I follow an ignorant leader, I become an ignorant believer. Ooh, I don't need a Satan to take advantage of me. And this means our advantage over evil is when we are aware of the devices of evil. The enemy is really mad. Not Y'all know how we love to say, oh, we got so much. They, they just so deep in the spirit. They just got so much power in the spirit. He don't care about that. The enemy does not care. He cares. Somebody say, when I'm aware. That's when he cares. 
The real folk that walk around with power are those that are not ignorant of his devices. And if we can glean wisdom concerning the devices of evil, I believe we can be delivered from evil. I believe we find this in our foundational text. But hear this, before we um, uh, examine our foundational text, I want us to understand something. That the devices of evil, watch this. Here's why this is so critical. Because it provides an open door, watch this, for the enemy. Y'all heard what I just said? The devices of evil provide an open door. So whenever the enemy is in my life, somebody say, it was an open door. And y'all, and many of us try to figure out how did this door, how did he get access into my life? Somebody say, it was the devices. So this means, watch this, evil is not effective void of the device. Evil has no power over me. Evil has no strength over me. Evil can do nothing to harm me. And watch this, as long as it does not have, somebody say, a device. So I've got to be weary of these devices. And hear this. I need y'all to hear me and hear me good. The purpose of the device of evil is to create a platform for the power of evil. This means, watch this, evil such as rape, racism, and riotous living live and spread and thrive throughout the land to the degree that they have a device. If I want to ensure that evil, like rape and racism and riotous living, does not thrive and, 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 and spread throughout the land, it's only going to spread to the degree, watch this, that it has, somebody say, a device. A device. And this is why Paul admonishes these believers in Rome to be aware of the devices of evil. And, and I thought this was so interesting. If anybody's ever re- read the book of Uh, Romans. Romans 16 is the last chapter of that epistle. But throughout the book of Romans, if you look at chapter 1 through chapter 15, much of what Paul speaks about is doctrine. Somebody say doctrine. It talks about salvation. It talks about redemption. It talks about um, um, God's um, regenerative power by way of the spirit. When you look throughout the book of Romans, if you want to learn about the foundational truths of your salvation, somebody say go to the book of Romans. Ah, But the interesting thing is, is that at the end of all of that doctrine, he begins to speak about the devices of evil in the last chapter. Why is this so significant? I I, I think what's so significant is that doctrine won't help you defeat evil if you're unaware of the devices. And many of us try to get so much, I know so much word, but you don't know the devices. I can read, I know the Bible, I done read it um, through and through, but Paul is trying to say, I'm going to give you behind doctrine, but what's going to keep you from evil is knowing, somebody say the devices. The devices. So Paul says, no, I'm going to tell you behind right here in chapter 16. I know I gave you a lot of doctrine, but doctrine won't help you defeat evil if you're unaware of the devices of evil. Uh, So this morning we're going to talk about the devices of evil. Let's examine our text because I got a lot to unpack this morning. Now, I want us to look at verse number 17. The Bible says, now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learn and avoid them. Satan's intentions and evil's intentions is always to separate. Somebody say separate. Separate. Watch this. Because demonic activity lives off division. Did y'all hear what I just said? If you want to find demonic activity, somebody say find division. So this is why Paul says, I urge you to note those who cause divisions. 
And watch this. And for many, watch this. The ending of marriages is made easier when there's division. It's not just that you think somebody else fine. It's because there was division in your marriage. It's not that you just didn't have the bills to pay the, 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 the things that you had to pay for. Somebody say it was division. It's easier to walk away from folk when you're divided. Somebody say division. And, and, and we know that God hates divorce. So somebody say that's evil. Malice grows where there's division. You know I can easily hate folk uh, even the more when I'm divided from folk. Y'all was just buddy-buddy. But until some division comes into play, I know how to talk about folk. Somebody say malice. Uh, it grows where there's division. And hear this. I know we may not like this, but sadly the motives for murders were birthed at the place of division. As soon as I'm divided. Uh, y'all know how the Bible says that. Uh, not the Bible, because I don't want to say it. Don't let, don't let Pastor Keith lie. We like to say this, that, that, that what, what they said about the empty mind is the devil's playground. What is it? An idle mind is the devil's playground. So as soon as I'm divided, all these thoughts start coming in my mind concerning the person now. Oh, you just loved them about a year ago. Somebody say their birth at division. Because division, watch this, is where evil has an open door. Somebody may be saying why. Because watch this. Division knows how to make even believers justify their demonic behavior. If we can be honest, many of us have justified gossip because we were divided. Yeah, I ain't like how they talked about me. The girl, you know her breath stink. You know, you know, you know she sleep around all over the place. You ain't start saying that until there was division. You, we can hold, we can justify holding grudges. No, I don't talk to her no more. You know, you know, I, I can't do him. I can't do them. Grudges start happening at the place of division. So hear this: division will always give an open door. Watch this to evil. I don't know about y'all. If you ever been divided, I remember in college, I had a homeboy. I thought we were so cool, but it was not until we separated that I saw some things in him. Somebody say that was evil. I can be a friend until we divide it. Somebody say the devil is a lie. And if you don't believe that many of us can justify gossip and like holding grudges just because of a division, somebody say ask somebody X. Yeah, just ask somebody X. You got baby mamas, you, you, you laid down with them, you had the baby, but as soon as separation took place, now you don't like me no more. I, I, I'm like the worst man in the world. Somebody say it's because of division. And the enemy, watch this. The enemy uses division to now birth somebody say evil. Yeah, it's funny, y'all, but it's baby mamas that's being used by the enemy. I, I ain't got no baby mamas. I'm just saying what I heard. The only baby mama I got is my wife. Because watch this, and the reality is, is that what you may justify can still, watch this, be demonic. Somebody say evil. Because just because y'all separated does not give you, watch this, the right to act like Satan. I thought you was a prayer warrior, but all of a sudden we become separated. And now you act like Satan. And this is why Paul admonishes the believers in our foundational text. The Bible says, note those Watch this, who caused divisions and offenses. And here's the critical thing about this word note in Romans 6, 17, 16, 17. It means to watch, to observe, and to even to keep your eye on. 
Oh, y'all know how they say keep your friends close, but your enemies closer. I, I need to keep my eye on folk that cause divisions because it's important to know that demonic activity will always follow those that cause divisions. I'm telling you, I ain't telling y'all what I know. I'm tell, I, mean, I ain't telling you what I heard. I'm telling you what I know. And watch this. Even when it is subtle, division is still demonic. Did y'all hear what I just said? Even when it's subtle, division is still demonic. What am I trying to say? Many times favoritism can be disguised as a preference. It's still demonic. When folk like to have favorites, this is my favorite child, this is my favorite friend. I know it's subtle, but it's still demonic. Somebody say that's demonic. Decisions disguised as having a dissension, I'm sorry, disguised as having an opinion. Somebody say it's still demonic. Y'all ever seen set in meetings and they're always trying to stir up dissension? You can't agree on nothing. Some, and, and we like, I'm, I just, I gotta have my opinion. Somebody say it's demonic. And isolation disguised as a personality trait is still, somebody say demonic. If you got folk that you love that always want to be in isolation, somebody say pull they behind out of it. You know how I know? All these mass shooters that's going up in schools, they would once watch this in isolation. No, they ain't like hanging around nobody. He just stayed in his room all the time. Somebody say, that's demonic. Okay. If y'all got kids that love to stay in your room, somebody say, get them out. It's demonic. The enemy is trying to set up, watch this, a device for evil to enter into their lives. No, but you're going to play something. You, own, you can play checkers. I don't care what it is. You're going to play something. And this is why 1 Corinthians 3, 3 admonishes us with these words. They ain't going to be just in the, in the dark. No, you're going to get your behind in some light. Can you go to the next slide? I don't think I put it up there. I'm sorry. I, I need us to make note of this. This is why 1 Corinthians 3, 3 admonishes us with these words. If you are still carnal, for whether there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? This means at the root of evil... Division resides. And this is why, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep my eye on folk that start arguments, that stay with an attitude, and think everybody is their adversary. Somebody say haters. haters. You ain't got that many haters. Because despite what you believe, evil will use an argument, the attitude, and your perception of adversaries as a device. Watch this. Believers that stay arguing, that stay with an attitude and stay thinking they got adversaries, always staying evil. Y'all know them the folk that always got trouble. They got trouble on the job. They got trouble in their home. They got trouble in their marriage. Somebody say because they operating in evil. I'm watching you. Listen, I be in meetings and I'm like, God, no, this boy always arguing. That's evil. I'm not, I'm, I'm trying to keep y'all safe. Somebody say I'm trying to keep y'all safe. You always got an attitude. You just got your stimulus check. <laughs> Somebody say, help the people. Oh, you get need to be happy about something. Watch this. And watch this. You've got to be careful of people who say, I don't do people. Because if you can't do people, I can't do you. Why? Why, why is this critical? Because at the root of division, evil lurks. I ain't messing around with you. Okay, you don't do people. You can stay over there. And it's always the people that don't do people that want to be around you. Somebody say, I got to be careful. Paul says, keep your eye on them. Woo. 
I ain't playing with folk like that. I don't know about y'all. I ain't playing with them. My wife be saying, mm, something ain't right about them. I know something ain't right. And here's a wisdom. Here's a word of wisdom. Division is not only a strategy of Satan. Woo, y'all ain't gonna like this. But division reveals that you might be a son of Satan. I'm gonna give you a Bible. Look at Jude 1, 18 through 19. How they told you that there would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lust. These are sensual persons who cause division. Somebody say not having the spirit. And if it ain't the spirit, somebody say it's Satan. I'm, I'm watching your behind. Listen, it ain't that folk don't, don't like you. It ain't that folk. I, I, I can't get along with nobody. They always picking on me. Somebody say watch them. Because if you're always the common denominator in the midst of division, this might be a sign that not that you've been used by the devil, but that you are of the devil. I know we ain't going to like that. Not having somebody say the spirit. The spirit is the bond of peace. So if I say I've got the spirit in me and I can't create an atmosphere of peace, somebody say I might be a son of Satan. Okay, see, y'all don't like that. Because it could be your mama. This is why we must always be aware and keep our eye on those that cause divisions. And even what, watch this, it might be your mama. Even places where division is prevalent because this is where evil prospers. Evil will always prosper in the place of division. Hear what I'm about to say. I don't care if it's your church. If it's always division in your church, somebody say run. I've been in places where there's so much division. Why? And guess what? I know we like to think that the church has so much power, but one of the most divided places on earth, somebody say, is the church. The enemy, the enemy wants to run rampant in the church. I don't care if it's a company. If that company got a whole bunch of divisions, somebody say, run. And like I said, I don't care if it's your cousin. Somebody say, run. Because evil is not far behind. And this is why division is a device of evil. Wherever you find division, hear this, evil is not too far behind. Somebody say it's a device. So let's look at the next text, the portion of the text. Let's look at verse 18a. The Bible says, for those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. Where there is a lack of hope in God, it makes way to further the agenda of hell. Whenever you see folk that lack hope in God, it furthers the agenda of hell. Somebody may be saying, what do I mean? No, I'm going to make this real plain. When you fail to trust God to provide, it's easy to steal. Somebody say, that's evil. This is how folk that don't think God going to provide, so I need to do a little sum on my income taxes, because see, God ain't going to come through, so I got to come through for myself. Somebody say, that's evil. That really reveals that there's no hope in God. So the agenda of hell is now further. Okay, see, y'all don't like that. Y'all better fix some taxes. Somebody say, today... Listen, when you fail to trust God to keep you in the midst of temptation, it's easy to succumb to seduction. Somebody say evil. And watch this. When you fail to give God, trust God to give you peace, it's easy, watch this, to commit suicide. Somebody say that's evil. So I've got to be careful of areas in my life that lack hope in God. Because whenever we lose faith in God, by default, we long and live for our flesh. Somebody say that's evil. My wife spoke about it. The Bible says that in this flesh dwells no good thing. 
So if I don't find dependency upon God, I'm finding dependency on my flesh. And it's easy to not walk in evil. Oh, I've got to watch every area. This is why, this is why I said the company you keep is so good. It's critical because when I don't have hope, I need my wife to speak hope in me. When I don't have faith in an area, I need some folk that know how to speak faith in me. Listen, if anything ever come upon my body and I'm stricken with the illness, I'm going to sit next to Mother Alvera. So faith cannot be speak, spoken into me. Uh, somebody said, be careful where there's no faith. Uh, and this is why a device of evil, hear this, I know I need y'all to catch this, is disillusionment. And one word, I, I want us to see the definition. One definition of this word, disillusion, means having lost faith or trust in something formerly regarded as good or valuable. Some of us become disillusioned with God. You know, you can walk with God so long that you just start becoming disillusioned with him. In this sense, I'm, I'm going to say in this sense. Uh, no, notice this. One of the desires of the enemy and evil wants in the life of a believer for the believer to lose faith or trust in the God that they once believed. I need you to know that. I don't care if God has pulled you out of something. The enemy's desire is for always for you to lose hope or faith in the God, something to say, that I once believed. And somebody may be saying, how? How, how does God, how does the enemy do that? How does the enemy and evil cause us to become disillusioned? How does the enemy and evil cause us to lose faith in God? You don't know, you, you know my worship is for real, Pastor Keith. I ain't going to lose faith in that God. Notice what Proverbs 13, 12 declares. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. In other words, the enemy uses seasons where our hope is tested to cause our trust in God to weaken. You, this is why it's critical for us to understand how to navigate every season of life. Because I know it's, it's easy to worship God and to lift our hands when everything's well. But notice this, the enemy does not step in when everything's well. He steps in when stuff is shaky. So he tries to use seasons, watch this, where we've been, our hope can be tested. In other words, when you ever been in a season where it seems like your prayers go unanswered? Some, somebody say the enemy is testing my faith. When problems seem unlimited, I don't know about y'all, but you go through one thing and it seems like something else is right around the corner. The enemy uses that to test my faith in God. And even God, I've been wrestling with this, y'all, and I know I'm, I've just been pastoring for a little bit, but when you know what God has told you and promises seem unfulfilled, like, dude, is this really what I should be doing? Because seasons like these can make it difficult to have faith in the Father. So here's what many people do. We feed our flesh. And the enemy knows if you feed your flesh, somebody say, I feed evil. You got to be careful navigating these kind of seasons. This is why people go all into depression in these kind of seasons. Folk take themselves out in these kind of seasons. Folk get into stuff that you never thought they would get into in seasons. Somebody say like this. I've got to, I've got to make sure that I'm aware of the seasons that I navigate. Somebody say be discerning. I, somebody say I got to be discerning. Because watch this. Some of y'all are living in, in seasons that have already passed. Some of y'all are still operating in old seasons. 
So when the season has shifted, I don't know how to operate. So I feed my flesh instead of trusting the God that I serve. Ooh, somebody say it's dangerous. I'm trying to help y'all today. Listen, so, so this is why a foundational text declares, for those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. Here's the critical thing to understand. Our ability to serve our flesh serves evil well. Whenever we serve our flesh, we serve evil. Somebody say well. And I said this, my wife said it, Romans 7, 18 reminds us that in this flesh dwells no good thing. And this is why in difficult seasons, I've got to strive to serve, somebody say the father. And not our flesh, because when we serve our flesh, we serve evil as well. Listen, I don't care how long you've been walking with God. Evil knows how to make your, your faith weak. I don't, care how long, I don't care how long you've been walking with God. There's some seasons, and here's the good news about God. The Bible says that we go from faith to faith. Why is that critical? That means that there's going to be some seasons in this journey that I'm going to see things that I've never saw before. There's going to be some things that God is going to try to take me through that I have watched this no point of reference for. So what the enemy wants you to believe, because I have no level of point of reference for it, that God ain't going to keep me in it. But I've got to remember that God is the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. So if he kept Moses, if he kept the children of Israel, why just if he kept somebody else? Somebody say he can keep me. The enemy wants to, I don't care how long you've been walking with God. The enemy and evil knows how to make your faith weak. And I need, I need us to understand this. I believe it's on the screen. Notice this. The prophet Elijah lost hope in God and wanted to die. Jonah lost hope in God and wanted to depart from his assignment. And Peter lost hope in God and wanted to deny his Savior. These are what we would call great men of God. But at some point in their journey, their faith got weak. Somebody say, don't beat myself up if my faith gets weak. Somebody say, keep serving the Father. And this is why we can't afford to become disillusioned with God. Because void of hope in God, hell will always get the victory. Did y'all hear what I just said? This is why the Bible says, without faith, it's impossible to please him. So if I have no level of faith, no hope in God, somebody say, hell always wins. And we've got believers who have lived this life with hell always winning. Whoo, that's a sad tragedy. I don't want to have to pick you up off the ground every day. I don't want to have to pray with you about this every day. At some point, I want you to put your hope in God. Because hell, listen, I can pray for you. I can tarry for you. I can fast for you. But until you have hope in God yourself, hell will always get the victory in your life. Listen, don't get mad. Don't, don't feel all bent out of shape when you've been praying for folk and hell still getting the victory in their life. Tell your neighbor, tell them to put their hope in God. They've got to put their hope in God. Because they give, watch this, the enemy an evil, an open door. Ooh, keep your hope in God. Oh, we've got to be like the song. I know we sing it sometimes. Even when you don't see it, he's working. Even when you don't feel it, he's working. He never stops. He never stops working. Because we remind ourselves even when prayers remain unanswered, even when problems seem unlimited, and even when promises seem unfulfilled, I serve a God, somebody say, that is yet working. 
He's yet working. Psalms 121 verse 4 reminds us that we serve a God that neither sleeps nor slumbers. That's good news, y'all. Somebody say, he's working on my behalf. Listen, this is why it's critical for us to be in the spirit. Because I need to know, even when I don't see it in the natural, that he's working on my behalf in the spirit. It don't look like I wanted to look, but God, I know you're working. I serve a God that neither sleeps nor slumbers. Oh, that's good news to me, y'all. I don't know about nobody else. Because why is this significant? The day that you believe God is sleeping is the day that evil slips in. Evil is just waiting for you to believe that God is sleeping on you. Tell your neighbor, God ain't sleep on me. Yeah, that's good news. I know we like to say, don't sleep on me. No, God ain't sleeping on me. And that's good news to me. Psalm 52, 3 speaks of the man that loves evil more than good. And David goes on to say this concerning this man in verse 7 of Psalm 52. Here is the man who did not make God his strength, but trusted in the abundance of his riches and strengthened himself in his wickedness. When we don't watch this, make God our strength. Really what we're saying and, and what we do is we strengthen ourselves, somebody say, in evil. Ooh, that's a sad tragedy, y'all. This means when you lose hope in God, it declares that you love evil, but even more, evil loves you. Evil loves the believer that loses hope in God because now evil has an open door, somebody say, into their life. I'm trying to help y'all this morning. I hope y'all taking notes. I hope they send these notes out. Somebody say, because we need it. Our prayer must be that of David in Psalm 27. Some trust in chariots, some in horses, but we, somebody say, we'll trust in the name of our God. Because if we become disillusioned with God, then that becomes a device of evil. Listen, I'm almost done. Let's look at the last portion of the text. The Bible says in verse 18b, and by smooth words and flattering speech, deceive the hearts of the simple. The enemy and evil wants to use deception, somebody say deception, deception, to pull the unaware into darkness. Because if we can be honest, I need y'all to hear me and hear me good because I ain't playing this morning. The, the molestation was many times due to deception. Somebody say deception. deception. The manipulation in the relationship, you know, when you thought, I thought they were somebody that they were not. It happened because somebody say deception. They, they, they talk a good game in the beginning, but they deceive me. And watch this. Y'all ain't going to like this. The money that you lost to that church, so I'm going to say that coat, yep, was due to deception. It was deception. It looked good on the outside, but then I found myself, somebody say deceive. Many times, and this is why he says to deceive the hearts of the simple. And that don't mean you dumb. Somebody say that means I'm unaware. And this is why I believe deception is one of the greatest devices of evil. Because when we can be conquered by deception, we can be captured by evil. And here at last, watch this. I heard Dr. Copeland say this. What happens not when I sin, but when somebody sins against me? And many of us get sinned against because of deception. I was unaware. I was unaware. And here lies one of the reasons why so many believers are subject to evil, because we have so many believers that have been seized by deception. And hear this. I need you to hear me and hear me good. I don't know if I have this on the screen. Just because you're a disciple does not mean you cannot be deceived. I don't care how much you love God. I don't you. Somebody say I can still be deceived. 
I don't care how much garments you got on. I don't care how many collars and crosses you got on. You can still be deceived. No, notice what Jesus says in Matthew 24, 24. For false Christ and false prophets will arise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, even if possible, even the elect. So if disciples can be deceived, then we can find ourselves in demonic activity. One of the ways and reasons why many believers, disciples, find themselves in demonic activity, somebody say, I was deceived. I was deceived. I, I talked I talk to my wife frequently about times where I'd be like, boy, I know better now. I was deceived. I was deceived. And, I, and I, I love God so much, but yet I was still deceived. And somebody may be saying, how can you love God and still be deceived? Somebody say, I'm going I'm to get there. I'm going to get there. I'm going to tell you how your behind can love God and still be deceived. So, so, so the critical question we got to ask ourselves is, what is deception? This word deceive in our foundational text is the Greek word, which means to distort truth, to make truth discreet. Somebody say hide. Or even more, to deny truth. In other words, deception desires for you to call evil good and good evil. That's Isaiah 520. Not just so this might be a proclamation, but so that evil might be your pursuit. He wants to deceive you so much so that you pursue what looks like God, but is really evil. How many of us have been in churches where we thought we were doing the will of God and we found out later that it was evil? The enemy really wants to deceive us. It's so much so that we say, watch this. This is why folk like that love Trump. I'm just telling y'all that can say they love God, but then cause divisions. And they believe that they're doing. This country was founded on godly principles. And I saw this the other day. My wife pointed it out to me. They want to change the term slavery to involuntary relocation. Because what they tried to justify that they were doing the will of God. And the enemy deceived them so much so that their pursuit was evil. I don't never want to be, be deceived so much so that I look at what's evil and I say it's good. And what's good and I say it's evil. Somebody say that's deception. That, 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 that's the enemy and evil's goal. And that's a sad tragedy, y'all. But hear this. The good news is evil can't distort truth, make truth discreet, or deny truth to the believer that knows truth. Somebody say, I got to know truth. And the easiest believer to fall victim to the device of deception is the believer that is void of truth. That's why I be trying to tell y'all, don't go to air by the church. And this is why the enemy hear this. I need you to hear me and hear me good because some of y'all are the best at this. He does not care about the believer that can shout but does not know scripture because he can deceive you. He does not care about the believer that goes to the mega church but does not meditate on his word. And the believer that loves worship but does not love God's word. Ooh. You can love God but not know scripture. You can love God and not meditate on his word. You can love God and worship him and be the one that's running around the church and lifting up hands and, and, be, um, and, and um, banging the tambourine like Miriam. But not love his word. And the enemy say, go ahead and run. Go ahead and shout, ooh, daughter, go ahead. And the enemy, watch this, in the church will clap you on. Because they know you're the easiest one, somebody say, to deceive. See, y'all don't like that. This is why you've got to be careful of hyper-charismatic churches. 
And we think that the preacher is got so much charisma. We always got to have a high time in God. This is why folk don't like to sit under word. I need to somebody say feel something. And if I can get you to be so enamored with your emotions that you negate even what I preach. We had a time in God. What was the word on today? Oh no. Because it makes you subject, watch this, to be deceived. I know churches that every Sunday they've got a time in God. And they are, watch this easily, somebody say being deceived. I'm trying to, I'm just trying to help y'all. That's all I'm trying to do this morning. Because this is the believer that is always subject to be deceived. This is why if we don't want to fall victim, how do I not fall victim to the device of evil in this way of deception? This is it. That we get in his word and his word gets in us. Somebody say get in his word. And God calls your word to get in me. Somebody say, see, y'all ain't say that part. Y'all want to get in the word. Somebody say, cause your word to get in me. And this is why the psalmist declared this in Psalm 119, 92. Unless your law had been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. Oh, I've got to, got, I got to cause the word. Somebody say, to get in me. Because deception. This is why I know that one Sunday we went too long in church. This is why I'm so careful about not prolonging service. Because you know you can preach and talk so much so that people could check out. Y'all know that? So that's why I want to make it concise. I want to make sure that you get it. Because the enemy does not care how well the preacher hoops. He cares how well they know the word and the word got in them. I've got to make his word my delight. Because in the season of affliction, evil will find its way to my doorstep. So watch this. We've got to get in his word and all his word to get into us. Now watch this. I said this earlier, but here's a word of wisdom. If you don't want to be deceived, then don't just eat God's word from everybody's table. But someone say examine. Every word. That means no matter where it comes from or who it comes from. The preacher, the prophet, and somebody say this because I need myself to hear it. Somebody say your pastor. I could have a day. The Bible says that Satan entered Judas. Did y'all hear what I just said? A disciple. One who walked with Jesus. Satan entered him. So I'm not too too bold and grand to not believe that one day Satan could enter me. And y'all could love me so much so you could check, you could know, no, not my pastor. That's why folk can, they pass it unran, whole trafficking um, rings. Not my pastor. No, my pastor is not beating his wife upside the head. And you saw the pictures. Because we look at their history not knowing that everybody is susceptible for Satan to enter into them. So you've got to make sure you examine, somebody say every word. This is why I give y'all so much scripture. Because I don't just want to be up here talking, but I want you to examine my word. And now I'm going to give you scripture. I, I, I probably didn't put it on the screen, but the... Um, Notice what it says in Acts 17, 10 through 11. The Bible says, Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away to, by night to Berea. And when they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. You know, like any good preacher, we're going to go to the church. These were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica. Somebody say the church. The Bible says that these in Berea were more fair-minded, more wise than the believers in the church at Thessalonica. 
And watch this, in that they received the word with all readiness. I'm going to receive it, but they searched the scriptures, somebody say daily, to find out whether these things were so. They searched the scriptures daily to make sure even what Paul was saying was true. We must do likewise so we don't succumb to the device of evil, uh, deception. Yet we cannot search the scriptures that we first do not know. This is why preachers can put themselves on pedestals with the people. Because they, they, they project that they know the word greater than you. And many times they do. The enemy knew the word so well that he could twist it. Somebody say, I've got to get in the word. They search the scriptures daily. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it's your daddy, the bishop. Somebody say, examine the word. And then we can be like it says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. Let no one deceive you by any means. I was so young in my faith. I had so much zeal, but I didn't have any word in me. I remember one day I told my wife that I had met this homeless person on the corner, and I gave him some money, and he knew so much word. He was quoting a scripture, and he was quoting, he was quoting book, chapter, and verse. And I told my wife, I want to know the word in such a way. If I love God, I need to know his word. But even more, if I don't want to be deceived, somebody say, I got to know his word. I got to know his word. Because evil slips in for those that don't know his word. I'm done, y'all. Evil needs an open door. It always, evil just ain't going to just come in. Somebody say it needs an open door. And the way that it gets an open door is made possible by the devices of evil. And this is why we cannot be ignorant of these devices. Because many believers can walk unknowingly into demonic activity because they were unaware of how evil gains access into their lives. Y'all know you, you, you have kids and you're like, I thought they was my friends, mama. And they get caught up, they get arrested, they get, up, get caught up in all kinds. Of, I, I was just following them because I thought they were my friends. You, they did not know the devices of evil. And they walked into evil, some would say unaware. Unknowingly, we can easily walk into that thing unknowingly. Yet Paul reminds us and reveals in our foundational text that the devices of evil, evil uses division. I ain't, I'm telling you, watch folk. Keep your eye on folk. That's always all again. Someone say all again. Yeah, all them folks say always keep an attitude. I'm going to keep my eye on you. I, I, I'm, we ain't buddy buddy. I'm going to keep my eye on you. This season, disillusionment, when I go through seasons where I know that my faith is being tested. And listen, don't get bent out of shape when you endure seasons where your faith is tested. That, I think that's the biggest problem with believers. But the Bible says in James chapter 1 that he uses our, the testing of our, our faith to make us perfect, lacking nothing. Uh, Some say it's a good thing. I just can't lose my hope in God because if I lose my hope in God, hell wins. And deception to make the believer subject to evil. And this is why Paul admonishes us, the believers again in our foundational text. I wish I would have put this on the screen. I'm sorry, y'all. But verse number 19 says this. For your obedience has become known to all. Therefore, I'm glad on your behalf, but I want you to be wise in what is good. And he says, just simple. Somebody say, I've got to be aware. Paul just said, I just want you to be aware of what's evil. Sad reality is a lot of believers aren't. Why is this so significant? Why does Paul place so much emphasis on warning believers of the devices of evil? Notice this. We find this in verse 20. 
and the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. Somebody say shortly. Hear this. What am I trying to say? The, because the enemy orchestrates evil, he knows his judgment concerning evil. And somebody say it's death. Stay with me because I'm done, y'all. Somebody say his judgment is death. So here's what the enemy really wants to use with the device of evil. That our judgment might be likewise with him. Did y'all hear what I just said? The reason why I can't play around with the devices of evil, because even though you may walk into it, someone say unknowingly. Y'all know you had kids that were so, you were like, why did they not know better? And they got themselves, their behinds killed following somebody because they unaware of knowing that they were around evil. The enemy don't care. You can be ignorant all you want, but someone say my judgment is death. I know y'all don't like this series. I'm just trying to help y'all this morning. Let us stand to our feet. I want us to be delivered from evil. Listen, the Bible says that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. If I'm not careful, I might find myself killed or destroyed. Y'all hear me? Let us lift our hearts to God. Father, we thank you. God, we honor you. God, we are witnessing what's going on in the land. But we're so grateful, God, that you always kept a remnant. God, we won't be fearful. We know, God, that children are losing their lives. God, we're seeing people commit suicide. Matter of fact, God, we're seeing murder suicides. God, help us to be delivered from evil. God, I pray, God, over your people. God, that we won't be unaware. God, even this pastor, God, help me today to be aware of the devices of evil. Thank you, God, that you revealed it to us on today. Help us, God, to be weary of those that cause divisions. God, even when it's subtle, God, it can still be demonic. Folk that show favoritism, God, I'm going to run. Folk that always isolate themselves. If I can't pull them into the light, God, I'm going to run. Help us, God. Wherever division is prevalent, God, God, we know that evil is lurking near behind. Help us, God. If the Spirit of God is in us, let it be the bond of peace. That wherever we go, that we can make peace and reconciliation with all men. And God, I believe it's in your word, God, if those that do not desire to reconcile after I went to them one time, even after I took a witness, even when I brought them before the church, the Bible says treat them like an unbeliever. God, I tried my best, but God, they still wanted to live with division. So God, I have to run and move, my, move about my way. God, that'd be, that's a, if we got to do it, God, give us the strength to do it, no matter who it might be, because God, evil ain't playing with us. And God, I pray, God, for the spirit of disillusionment, those who have lost hope in you. God, I pray over these people, God, that they can be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in your work. Help us to discern the seasons, God, that we find ourselves in. Knowing, God, that you are still the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. I serve a God that neither sleeps nor slumbers. God, God is not sleeping on our behalf. Because if we sleep on God, evil will slip in. Help us, God, we pray. And God, we pray against deception. I pray, God, that your people get the word in them. The word in them. The word in them. 
Father, your word declares, God, that we are living epistles. But many of us, God, ain't got nothing for nobody to read because the word ain't in us. God calls the word to be in us even for greater than that, that we might not be deceived by the enemy. God, we love you. We adore you. Thank you, God, for letting us know that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. His judgment, God, you said that he will be crushed and crushed shortly. Let us not find ourselves entangled with the enemy, God, we pray. And it's in Jesus' name, every heart that believes, and every believer that does not want to be entangled with evil, give God a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I'm going to ask my wife if she would come and take us further in the service. Can we give God another hand clap of praise for that word? I'm confident that you didn't stumble upon this podcast by accident because God is sovereign. And whenever our sovereign God sends us a message for a reason, he wants us to respond. My prayer is that you respond by allowing the word to be planted in you so that it produces God's will for your life. Until next time, strive to not simply come to church, but to become the church.